Welcome to Talking Travel on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Sally Lucas. Sally, we've got a couple things today. Christmas markets in Europe, but first up, 10 unforgettable trips. Yes, well, I think most trips should be unforgettable. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly right. Because that's why you're going, isn't it? So it's something that's very special and something you've always wanted to do that's been on your bucket list. So these may not be on everyone's bucket list, but I just thought it was an article I came across. Um, <clears throat> they actually said it was to take when you retire, but I didn't quite agree with that. I think these are trips you don't have to wait oh, yep. till you retire, retire to take them, otherwise you may never do them. Exactly <laughs> right. Well, by the time you retire, you might be, don't want to go on a trip. <laughs> yeah, you might just want to stay in Oz or who knows. But anyway, some of these are quite remarkable anyhow so it's tricky to i think to even whittle down you know because we've got such an incredible world you know and yep. so many places we can visit now as, oh, there's as, more than 10 places we can go oh, to look <laughs> you know when you think back as i say in my old days of starting in the industry how all the countries we couldn't get into that we now can yep. so the world is a bigger oyster than it than it ever was um however obviously there are areas that are, <coughs> are out of concern that you can't go to now of course because of unrest which yep. is always the case anyhow no matter what part of the century you're in, there's always something like that going on, isn't there? Well, I don't think Sudan's a good area to go to at the moment. No, Sudan, Pakistan, yeah. Russia. <laughs> yeah, Ukraine. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway, these are encounter the iconic life of the wildlife of the Galapagos, and it's, I must admit it's on my bucket list that I haven't quite got there yet. Yep. I might be going to do it next year. I'll keep you posted. I might we'll be do. going to Ecuador and, and the Galapagos. I'm, I'm hoping I am anyway. So, if you have never done that, there are some wonderful voyages you can do around the Galapagos Islands. You need to get there from Quito in Ecuador, which is why they go hand in hand, because you've got to fly from Quito across into the Galapagos Islands and you board a vessel and you cruise. And, and the cruises will vary from anything from three days up to seven. And you've got everything from like backpacker style, you know, cheap, cheaper cruises right up to middle to, to luxury, depending on what your budget allows. Yep. So there's all sorts of different ways you can do it. And of course, once you go there, the all the animals are just not scared because they've not been attacked and, and hunted and killed like a lot of other animals have in parts of the world. So they're not as wary of people? Or? Yeah, they're, they're sort of interested and just almost don't you know, want to have much to do with you, yep. but, but they're, they're not worried about you being there. But you get these wonderful, they're the most famous, or well, the biggest tortoises in the world is mm. your Galapagos tortoise. Um, and of course you get the coloured land iguanas and also the, which I think look fantastic, even the way they walk and you see films of the blue-footed boobies. Have you seen those birds with these bright blue yep. feet? And they sort of waddle from side <laughs> to side like a penguin and they just look quite comical. Uh, but you've got frigate birds and of course it's wonderful, of course, for snorkelling but also for hiking and all sorts of other things. So that's one of them. The other one is to meet the orangutans of Borneo and that is... Oh, right. Again, there's a wonderful thing you can do where you can go into a rainforest reserve. <clears throat> one of them's at the Sepalok Orangutan uh, Rehabilitation Centre and you get this this one-on-one -on -one where they're caring from orangutans of all ages and saving them because while they keep having palm forests or palm oil, if a yeah. palm oil, we need to... That really should go because yep. we're just destroying habitat. Um, other one is to witness the famous peaks of Torres del Pine, which is in Patagonia, and that's considered one of the most wind-worn terrains and one of the most isolated environments. But it's still got an incredible appeal to people because it's got um, wonderful national park, as I said, wonderful granite, you know, mountains and the really 450,000 acres of forest, grassland, glaciers, rivers, lagoons, so it's got everything. You know, the glaciers are just remarkable. Um, another one is to go deep into the authentic Alaskan wilderness, not just to do the usual inside passage, which is still lovely to do, but to go inland and experience 
Alaska, yep. you know, by land. You can actually hire a car and drive around quite easily around um, Alaska if you would like to do. I mean, it's a big state. Um, obviously, there's you've got your volcanoes there, you've got your foraging brown bears, you've got humpback whales, you've got glaciers again. You know, very, very spectacular. Um, moving quite away from there, mm. sailing the coast of Croatia. Now, that's a lovely coastline. It's renowned yep. as one of the prettiest coastlines in the world. That's in between Italy <coughs> as well. So Italy's on the other side. Yes, the... that's right. It's opposite. So, um, but you, you know, everyone goes to the Greek islands. But, of course, this everyone now is, I think, going to Croatia even more than the Greek islands these days. It's become so popular. But it's also got a lot of World Heritage sites, um, like um, there's a palace in Split that's World Heritage, uh, Ljubljana, um, and in, when you go into Slovenia and some of these other areas, you've got the nameless cobblestone stone streets and you know be- beautiful walled cities so yep. again it's it's really quite lovely and call what it's sunrise in cambodia now that's a wonderful thing to do if you've not been into cambodia and that massive structure of the uh, Angkor's um unesco honored ruins there which is just sort of uh, winding along near the, the um, mekong river which is wonderful uh, search for polar bears under the midnight sun you might oh, want to yeah. do that. that. I mean, that would be a wonderful thing to do as well, whether you do it in the Arctic or you can also do it, of course, in Northern America, yep. as well as we've talked about before with the polar bears. Um, and then New Zealand. I mean, why not go to New Zealand? It's got all those sub-Antarctic islands people forget about with dramatic fjords, wildlife, again, mainly bird life, that is you won't see anywhere else in the world. And, of course, you've got all of that wonderful indigenous Maori influence yep. as well, which is 16% of the country's population. But down that way, as I said, in these sub-Antarctics, they've got over 200 species of birds that aren't anywhere else in the world. So, you know, you've got some lovely places there, I think, that you could add on to your bucket list. Bucket list, yeah. The Croatia one sounds nice. Oh, yeah. Just sailing on the uh, Yeah, and, and like on a small vessel, like not, I'm not talking about a big cruise yep. ship, like going on a mastered vessel. So you've just got a small amount of people. You're nudging into ports of call every day, so you're not way out on a large vessel and having to go in by tenders. You're actually there every day, you know, wandering along doing what all the locals do, you know, <laughs> as well as swimming and doing all those lo- the lovely things yeah. and relaxing and chilling. But you really can immerse yourself in the actual day-to-day culture of the people when you do any of those small ship cruises. Of course, you, you're not out at sea. You're just hugging that coastline all the time. Beautiful stuff. A lot of options there. A lot of options. There's plenty of options going around. But we've also got Christmas markets which are happening in Europe. Of course, and they are so popular, Greg, um, and and it's a real holiday tradition that attracts visitors from all over the world. They are traditionally or typically held from late November and continue through until Christmas Eve, and they're held in the town squares and city centres where everyone sets up their wonderful stalls adorned with beautiful lights and festive decorations and selling all sorts of things, as you can imagine, seasonal treats and crafts. Particularly Germany, it's a, it's a real strength in Germany. Their yep. markets are very important to them. And you get all your bratwursts and your roasted chestnuts and your mulled wine and your gingerbread cookies and, you know, all the other sweet treats, um, handcrafted goods from ornaments and candles to wooden toys and knitwear. And there's a beautiful few, if you're interested, um, small group Christmas market tours. You'd want to hop on pretty quickly, though, again, mainly because of the airfares, Greg, because, yep. you know, they are booking out so far ahead. So don't don't sort of think on it for too long. Don't dwell. No, just... don't dwell at the moment. There no dwelling allowed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a lovely 10-day one that does the German and Austrian Christmas markets. And you're going in from Frankfurt, starting in Frankfurt, and you're going into Rothenburg, which is the wonderful walled city, Würzburg, Bamberg, Nuremberg, Innsbruck. Innsbruck's a gorgeous little city. Salzburg and Munich. I love Munich again. 
beautiful, beautiful, the old centre of Munich. Um, so you're staying, for example, in two nights in cobblestone streets in Rothenburg, just 50 metres away from probably the most romantic of all the German markets. Okay, right So out. You're, you're really in amongst it, you know, so which yep. is great. Um, you go to the Baroque town of Würzburg, which is the start of what they call the Romantic Road, which is a famous road you can travel on throughout um, Bavarian part of Germany in the Black Forest, which is quite beautiful. Um, then you go to um, Innsbruck. Now, Innsbruck is, I was surprised, it's not a big city at all. It's quite quite small. And it's still got the big ski run at the back where they had a Winter Olympics there some time ago. I can't remember when, but a while back. But it's still there. So, of course, that's still used in winter, this massive yep. big ski jump. But some beautiful old churches and buildings and everything in there. And then you have three nights in the Passion Play town of Oberammergau, which again is wonderful. And you can do uh, cable car rides up to the summit of the massive Zugspitze Mountain. And when I went into Austria uh, with these friends that live in Munich, actually, we went down to a little village called Erwald. Oh, my God, it was so beautiful. And it was just in from Innsbruck, not far. And again, there's Zugspitze. We stayed in a chalet-style hotel and you just looked out your window and there was the Zugspitze just almost in your face, you know. It was just remarkable. Maybe too close. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was fantastic. Uh, you go to Salzburg as well, and you go to Neuschwanstein Castle and the extravagant Linderhof Palace, which is basically a small version of Versailles Palace. So it is quite a, an incredible um, p- palace to yep. go through. I was amazed. Uh, there's also Bohemian Christmas market tours that start in Berlin and end in Munich and go into the Czech Republic as well. That's an 11-day one. Um, the 10-day I've just mentioned, the German and Austrian Christmas is 10. And there's a Swiss Alpine Christmas market tours that also starts in Munich and finishes in Milan and takes in Austria, Germany and Switzerland. A lot of these too, you're staying in like castles and things along the way. You get some special stays, you know, around these big beautiful log fires with your mulled wines or whatever (laughs) you're having, you know. So it's quite a lovely time to go to to Europe and also less people. Yeah, because they have their big long vacation is their summer months in July, August, and that's when Americans as well. So yeah. that northern hemisphere, their busiest time of the year really is July, sure. August. So it's a nice time to go. Of course, I know you've got your shorter days and all that, but if you're really wanting to experience winter, like a winter we don't have really, ours yeah. is quite mild when um, you think about it. Unless you're at Paris or something. Or well, that's right, and yeah. we don't all live down there, do we? No. But it's still only for a very short period of the year anyway. But yeah, just consider going to Europe for your, you know, your markets. And there's more than I've mentioned there of yep. course but that's just to give you a sample of some of them and, and, and there's no markets out there at well not no markets castles <laughs> that's what I'm <laughs> Castles, palaces, chateaus, whatever you like. There's all sorts of different places. And it's wonderful that you can stay in these places because they've got such a history. But there's such beautiful architecture and beautiful buildings in their own right. You know, you're just really immersing yourself in that culture and history of Europe, which I think is a lovely thing to do. It's amazing how people are still living them as well. Yeah, yeah, and buy them. And do them up like yep. some of them haven't been lived in for a while. You find, it, and it can compare to our prices in Australia because we've become such an expensive country. Mm-hmm. But by really by comparison, so long as you've got, I guess, the wherewithal to do it up, you can buy a castle, not, not a huge one I'm talking yep. about, but or a chateau, like quite, a, quite reasonably <laughs> by comparison. Yeah, well, it makes for an interesting episode of Grand Designs, but <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, Grand Designs. So, but if you were like semi-retired and you think oh, I'd love to spend six months of the year in Europe and six months in here, it'd yeah. be it'd be sensible to purchase something and then you could rent it out when you're not there. Well, exactly right. Yeah. So it doesn't have to absolutely you know, strap you of all your cash. It could, <laughs> could be a money-making <laughs> concern be as well. A <laughs> couple of hot deals left before we go. 
We certainly have. Um, and this is a little bit different for a change. This is a cruise on the Venetian Lagoon and the Canal Bianco. So it's in Italy. People forget you can actually do cruises. We talk about river cruises, of course, a lot, but everyone doesn't realise you can actually do that in Italy. So I thought that was just something different to talk about. I think most people think coastal cruises when it comes to Italy. Yeah, yeah, probably. But you do guided tours of Ferrara, Mantua, uh, Chioggia. You you go into many areas of the Etruscan area, uh, Byzantine, Roman, which have influenced the region of Italy forever, as we all know. And, And also you... You go to um, some really colourful lagoon islands to wild beach dunes. Like people forget this side of Italy. Yeah. And pine woods full of bird life. Now, this vessel called La Bella Vita, it's just a really stylish looking 20 passenger vessel um, with its very Italian in its decor. Uh, you've got a bar area where you can sip on a glass of Prosecco as you watch the world <laughs> go by, or an Aperol Spritz or whatever suits you. <laughs> it's your taste. Um, and you have six nights on this, what they call a hotel barge. You have a crew of um, anywhere from six to ten, and you get breakfast lunch and dinner daily of course which is prepared personally by a chef um, you get a farewell dinner and you have a selection of alcoholic and non-alcoholic um, beverages but you get to do some wonderful things you even have dinner ashore at a 17th century stately home um, it's really taking you back into the history of, of Italy in yep. that region um, you do a historic tour of historic Venice as well the naval museum the pavilion of the gondolas you go to some private wine cellars and it's just a nice little seven day itinerary so if you mean beating yourself, you know, chasing your tail around Europe. Yep. It'd be a lovely way to finish up and just have a nice relaxing little cruise. Now these starts and ends in Venice, as I said and these run through to all of this year, right through to October next year. So there's a, a long you know, period that you can squeeze that into your itinerary. So exactly. just something to consider. Um, we were talking about other parts of Europe today and Switzerland, they always have these wonderful little um, holiday packages. They're independent holiday packages put together for you. So And they're really mainly rail packages. Some of them are car rental, but most are rail. So you might have a golden pass that gets you through Switzerland, your accommodations included, your daily breakfast, um, and you get a, a card that gives you free local public transport and various discounts. So yeah, there's Switzerland lakes and mountains, Switzerland for first time as you're going to Lucerne, Interlaken and Montreux just to give you an idea. So there's a range of, I said, four days and there's also a grand train tour of Switzerland and also there's one that does um, the best of winter. We were talking about winter of course, this year, coming to our winter yeah. but this is looking into their winter at the end of the year and you're doing that's a wonderful one as well. So just consider that too. It's a really lovely way to get around Switzerland. Such a pretty country and the, the rail, like everything the Swiss do, if it leaves at one yep. minute past one, it'll leave at one minute past one on the dot. So don't be late. Um, but the trains are beautiful and some of the mountainous scenery you go to and the rivers, the gorges, it's it's just stunning. So put Switzerland on your list as well if it's not already on there. Um, now, South Africa, again, a fantastic country, South Africa, on a huge continent like South America, they're very similar in their shape, aren't they, those two continents, when you think about it. So this is a Kruger to Cape Town. There's one departure left this year with vacancies on it on the 14th of October, and there's departures throughout next year from March through to November as well. It's a 19-day itinerary. They only take a maximum of 12 people on this, which means it's lovely small group touring. It will operate even if there's a minimum of six. So you've got your own three couples that love to go together. That's your own itinerary. 
Possibly. It's great if there's only six people, you'd be happy with that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as I said, airfares included, which a lot of time they're not. So this is a complete itinerary. Yep. You're getting to see all the wonderful things that you would want to see. You even go to a Jane Goodall centre, and of course we know how famous she is with her chimpanzees and her, or just saving wildlife in general. Yep. She's got a centre in, in um, Borneo too for the orangutans, so you can go to a Jane Goodall centre as well. So you, you're going to Stellenbosch, which is famous for its wineries. You're going to Kruger National Park. You're going to Nysner, which is right down on the, on the coast in Oatsorn, which is where they have the famous ostrich farm, and you can be a jockey if you want to ride an ostrich. <laughs> oh, have, you seen, have, you seen, have you ever seen a, a, an ostrich race? It's hysterical. Um, mm. Google it sometime and oh, have a look. Straight uh, after this is what I'm doing. <laughs> Cape Town, you know, all, all those wonderful parts of South Africa. And I said there are regular departures uh, throughout and that's another one you might want to consider. And Asia is on sale now for 2024 with lots of lovely packages, a 12-day one to Sri Lanka, 12 days to Japan, 8 days of South Korea, 20 days, which is doing the lower gain the Golden Triangle of India, which is, you know, Jaipur, Agra, etc., the uh, Ranthambore National Park, fabulous itinerary, and there's regular departures th through next year, um, and there's lots of savings on those, anything from $1,400 per couple, and to that long one, the 20-day one, you get a saving of 2600 a couple, and also Hertie Gruten, that wonderful... Um, um, shipping company rather that does that coastal route up Norway. It doesn't just do that of course, it does Antarctic, Antarctica but that's where they started. That's what I guess they're most well known for yep. is that, that coastal journey. But they've got early bird discounts on all new bookings now made during this campaign. They're offering 30% off if anywhere, if you book now on a new booking between now and August the 31st across all 2024 and 25 departures. And they go, as I said, to everywhere like Alaska, British Isles, Caribbean, Europe, Galapagos, um, Iceland, North America, the Northwest Passage, Norway, South America, Svalbard, right up into that top Arctic, Transocean, West Africa and Cape Verde. So you've got a whole range there. What a fantastic yeah. discount. That's 30%. That's yeah. As I said, so if you're thinking of planning yeah, for next year or the year after, 2024 or 25, and they usually have wonderful inclusions. And with Hertie Gruten, it's more about the um, experience. So they have people on board that have guest lectures. Before you get to each port, they give you a rundown about what there is to see and do, yep. what the recommendations are. So it's not just a cruise as such. You're really getting good onboard information about everything you need to know about each destination. Which is very good if you've never been there before either. Oh, absolutely. Like yep. we, when we did it, we did the coastal route, you know, and honestly it was fantastic to be able to sit in on those lectures and not everyone came along and I thought it was a shame yeah. because you got so much information that you could pre prepare yourself, you know, for what you wanted to do for that next port of call. So, yeah, now they, they do that and I think it's great because you get to... So much more out of it. I'm sure you could take a beverage in with the lecture as well. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. Yeah, like absolutely. Like the school days. No, it's not school days. We're all adults. <laughs> so, Lucas, thank you very much. Thanks, Greg. We'll catch you again next Friday. Will do. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.